Well, then, he said, have you thought yet of anything worth saying? If so, there's time. If you are silent, I shall know where you are until you die. I can still hear him saying those words to me again without a loss or an addition. I know, for I have heard them ever since. And there was in me not an answer for them save a new roiling silence. Once again I met his look, and on his face I saw there was a twisting in the swarthiness that I had often sworn to be the cast of his ophidian mind. He had no soul. There was to be no more of him, not then. The carriage rolled away with him inside, leaving the two of us alive together in the same hemisphere to hate each other. I don't know now whether he's here alive or whether he's here dead, but that, of course, as you would say, is only a tired man's fancy. You know that I have driven the wheels too fast of late, and all for gold I do not need. When are we mortals to be sensible, paying no more for life than life is worth? Better for us, no doubt, we do not know how much we pay or what it is we buy. He waited, gazing at me as if asking the worth of what the universe had for sale for one confessed remorse. Avon, I knew, had driven the wheels too fast, and not for gold. If you had given him then your hand, I said, and spoken though it strangled you the truth, I should not have the melancholy honor of sitting here alone with you this evening. If only you had shaken hands with him and said the truth, he would have gone his way and you your way. He might have wished you dead, but he would not have made you miserable. At least, I added indefensibly, that's what I hope is true. He pitied me, but had the magnanimity not to say so. If only we had shaken hands, he said, and I had said the truth, we might have been in half a moment rolling on the gravel. If I had said the truth, I should have said that never at any moment on the clock above us in the tower since his arrival had I been in a more proficient mood to throttle him. If you had seen his eyes as I did, and if you had seen his face at work as I did, you might understand. I was ashamed of it as I am now, but that's the prelude to another theme, for now I'm saying only what had happened if I had taken his hand and said the truth. The wise have cautioned us that where there's hate, there's also fear. The wise are right sometimes. There may be now, but there was no fear then. There was just hatred, hauled up out of hell for me to writhe in, and I arrived in it. I saw that he was writhing in it still, but having a magnanimity myself, I waited. There was nothing else to do but wait, and to remember that his tale, though well along, as I divined it was, yet hovered among shadows and regrets of twenty years ago. When he began again to speak, I felt them coming nearer. Whenever your poet or your philosopher has nothing richer for us, he resumed, he burrows among remnants, like a mouse in a waste-basket, and with much dry noise comes up again, having found time at the bottom and filled himself with its futility. Time is at once, he says, to startle us, a poison for us if we make it so, and if we make it so, an antidote for the same poison that afflicted us. I am witness to the poison, but the cure of my complaint is not for me in time. There may be doctors in eternity to deal with it, but they are not here now. 
There's no specific for my three diseases that I could swallow, even if I should find it, and I shall never find it here on earth. Mightn't it be as well, my friend, I said, for you to contemplate the uncompleted with not such an infernal certainty? And mightn't it be as well for you, my friend, said Avon, to be quiet while I go on? When I am done, then you may talk all night, like a physician who can do no good, but knows how soon another would have his fee were he to tell the truth. Your fee for this is in my gratitude and my affection, and I'm not eager to be calling in another to take yours away from you, whatever it's worth. I like to think I know. Well then, again. The carriage rolled away with him inside, and so it might have gone for ten years rolling on with him still in it, for all it was I saw of him. Sometimes I heard of him, but only as one hears of leprosy in Boston or New York and wishes it were somewhere else. He faded out of my scene, yet never quite out of it.